I V M. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Hey guys, you're listening to BQ Big Decisions on Bloomberg Quint, and I'm Alex Matthew. In case you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you should know that it's part of a series on personal finance with a new episode every week. You'll find the entire list on the website bloombergquint.com, on SoundCloud, or on any other podcast application out there. Now, chances are that you're listening to me because you've got some unfinished business. As I'm recording this conversation, we're only about a month or so away from the end of the financial year. If you're a salaried employee, your HR department has probably sent you a mail or two reminding you to submit your investment proofs to ensure that your tax payments are all in order before the last salary payment of the year is made in April or at the end of March. Now, if you haven't made those investments yet to save taxes, don't worry you're not too late. We've got you covered on your last-minute tax saving. Joining me today is Parizad Sirwala, Partner Tax at KPMG. Thanks so much for joining me, Parizad. Welcome, Alex. Now, if you haven't made those, so in an ideal situation, I want to understand, Parizad, you should be doing this at the start of the year, right? No, absolutely. So the tax year is 12 months, right, from 1st April to 31st March. Most of the employees, particularly the salaried ones, they generally have this opportunity to structure the salary Mm. into either certain flexible components, which could be in the form of reimbursements or perquisites or any other amenities, which is within the framework of the tax law. Now, typically under an employer-employee relationship, the employer is supposed to deduct monthly taxes at source at a particular average rate of tax on whatever payments they made. Mm. Uh, uh, what happens generally, what is the protocol is that, and you know, if you want to really know the section, the employer has to, ob- is obligated to deduct taxes on a monthly basis under 192 of the tax laws. Okay. Uh, so the employees generally make a declaration in the beginning of the year, which mm. is let's say in April, and they proclaim to the employer that this is what they will go about making investments. And even, if, be- even if they don't necessarily go about doing that exactly in that manner, right? Well, you, you have a period a- of 12 months. Months, right, yeah. because you first earn the income and then yes, you'll deposit absolutely. right into yeah. certain tax saving investments or expenses. Yes. Now, at the end of as we approach the end of the tax year, which is typically the last quarter, Jan to March, like mm. every year, uh, you ought to uh, have made those expenses or have claimed those exemptions, and therefore, to the employer, you ought to submit the actual proofs. Yeah. Because it can so happen that your financial planning could have gone wrong, mm. or you may not have had the necessary uh, money to. Make Make those investments within the prescribed time limits. So you need to do a true up because at the end of March, the employer has to calculate the correct taxes yeah. and deposit it into the government treasury. But unfortunately, Parizad, more often than not, uh, the the approach is why do today what you can do tomorrow? Uh, indeed, at the end of the year. So invariably, we're stuck perhaps when you've gotten that mail from the HR of your company and you're thinking, oh no, I haven't made my investments yet. What do I do? So at the start of the year, there is a large number of things that you could have done. And I'm assuming at this point, 
uh, that people have made those disclosures that you were just talking about. But right. is there a possibility at the end of the year, if you haven't made those disclosures, that you can still save some tax? Well, as they say, debt and taxes are the only thing which is inevitable, right? <laughs> so, so generally what happens is the employers also have to true up the obligations before the end of the fiscal year. Right. So they normally prescribe a time limit and that's exactly as per the philosophy the company follows as mm. an employer. Typically, it's a period of Jan or the beginning of Feb where they will call for the actual investment proofs or your rent receipts. Let's yeah. say you've taken an HRA or, you know, claim for exemption. The employer ought to verify with rent receipts annually. Uh, the, uh, the CBDT comes up with salary circulars, sure. which says what the employer should look at. So uh, you have to, if you've made those investments and clearly you need to submit those proofs, it could be in the form of your LIC premiums, mm. your PPF counterfile of payments made, or it could be it could be your rent receipts, rent agreements, and then the employer is going to see whether what you've declared is what you've actually invested, and they'll true up the taxes. So let's assume you've not, you're not able to to your question that you've not been able to you've been slack about your taxes, sure, yeah. you've been slack about your exemptions, but and you haven't found the time to really make the investments. You wouldn't want to land up in a situation where the employer is then again obliged to mandatorily uh, deduct the taxes without as if those exemptions ah. were never part of the you know your right. your package. So essentially, if you've claimed exemptions and therefore the company is not deducted tax through the year based on that uh, income that you say that you've been putting in uh, tax saving, uh, you know, either expenses or investments, and you haven't done that, then the employer is obliged to make those payments for Absolutely. you at the end of the Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And you can land up in a situation where you're coughing up the maximum amount of taxes yeah. towards the latter part, which is just two months. And one hopes that you don't land up in a situation where sure. you don't have your salary enough to yeah. cover those taxes. Yeah. On the other hand, and, and on the other end, if you haven't made those, uh, you know, a exemption declarations at the start of the year, then your employer has been cutting the entire tax that is applicable, right? So that was my question. If you've done that, then can you still save tax or is it only in the form of a refund that you get? So again, that's not going to be a very happy situation yeah. because if you have, uh, you know, the employer, if you've initially declared and very few employees actually do that, that yeah. they say that I'm not going to, you know, be indulging into any tax savings because mm. there's hardly anything few. But if you've done that, then the employer has deducted taxes at the full rates, yeah. which means you're getting lesser salary every month unnecessary. Yeah. And then if you suddenly decide to wake up in Jan or Feb mm. and start making those heavy investments, A's about your cash flow issue yes. and uh, B, the employer has already deducted and deposited it into the government treasury. Then the only way for you to uh, get a, so either your Feb, March salary is, you know, enough to cover up again, the, you know, square off the balance sheet, or you'll land up in a situation again, where you're claiming a big refund yeah. in your income tax return, which is yeah. again, not a very welcome situation to be in. Right. So the reason, uh, dear listener, that Parizad is talking about a cash flow situation is that the numbers are actually quite significant. So let's get into that, Parizad. Let's talk about it. At the start of the year, what are the, as per this FY20, that's the financial year 20, the one that we're in right now, the deductions available to you and how do we go about, or how should we have gone about making those uh, deductions? 
So first of all, as an individual person or individual taxpayer, we, uh, we are all subject to progressive rates of taxation. Yeah. India follows a slab basis. So yeah. let's say uh, you fall within the 20% tax bracket, mm. the employer would have calculated the tax on your total salary income at the progressive rates, sure. and uh, the, which means you fall within the 20% bracket. I want to actually, I'm, I know that it's difficult to make uh, uh, this illustration just with the help of audio, but it, I'm going to try. Okay, so if you want to listen to this and you want, if you're not certain how tax is computed, perhaps just take down uh, what I'm saying in the next couple of minutes. The first thing that you have to understand is, like Parizad said, it's a slab-based approach. So in case you're in the 20% bracket, it doesn't mean that your entire salary is taxed at 20%. So the first thing that you understand is that there are there's a standard deduction, which in FY20 is 50,000 rupees, after which there is the deductions that we will soon be talking about in the form of various investments and expenses that you have over the course of the year. And then once you've made all those deductions, what you're left with is your net taxable income. Now, your net taxable income is further broken up into various slabs. The first 2.5 lakh of it is not taxable. The next 2.5 lakh of it, that is the amount between 2.5 and 5 lakh rupees, is taxable at the rate of 5%. The amount exceeding that, that is 5 lakh rupees to 10 lakh rupees, that's a 5 lakh rupee amount, is taxable at 20%. And the amount beyond 10 lakh rupees, whatever that is, is taxed at 30%. That's more or less what it stands at That's right now. Correct, yeah. In the budget of last year, there was also an introduction of a rebate that was given to people who earn up to 5 lakh rupees, which meant effectively that if you... If in, I'm earning taxable... Sorry, income. I'm going to say that again because I lost my... I spoke for like yeah, a, a yeah. minute and a half. Okay. Yeah. But there was, that's more or less what it is, Parizad. But also in the budget of 2020, there was an addition in the form of a rebate that was given to people who earn up to 5 lakh rupees on the taxes that they paid. So what that means is that effectively they would not be paying tax, right? That's correct. So that's correct. So the employer would have estimated that salary income and the relevant tax rate and gone about deducting or factoring that into the tax calculation. So hopefully, dear listener, I hope that you've sat down with a pen and paper in case you didn't know this already. And hopefully now you know uh, much more than you did at the start of this conversation. Now, having said that, let's go back to those deductions that we were talking about. We've right. talked about standard deduction of 50,000 rupees. There are several others available also, Parizad. So the let's talk about the most commonly used ones, sure. particularly in an environment where, uh, you know, otherwise the salary increments are not very forthcoming. Uh, so the common ticket items, are if, if people are staying in a rented uh, accommodation, then you would have structured your house rent allowance mm. in your salary or the cost to company package. And of course, you must be paying monthly rents to the landlord. So yeah. at the end of the end, the exemption is cowed out in the tax law. So the employer would have factored that based on your rent declaration. Mm. Of course, at the end of the tax year, as we said, you so you are supposed to actually provide the rent receipts or the rent agreement, yes. whatever the employer is calling for. Uh, and if the rentals are annually above one lakh, then you are obliged to do that. Then accordingly, the employer will you know take a look at the actual rent paid and compare mm. it with the exemptions given earlier, mm. and again do a true up. Square, so that's yeah. one item. Yeah, but uh, I just very quickly on this HRA, is there a limit to what? Um, there is a calculation, right? There is a calculation. So. Is that 
very complicated to understand? It's not actually. It's quite well known. So the tax exempt amount is the least of the following: hmm. uh, the actual HRA received, or fifty percent of the basic salary, okay, or rent paid minus ten percent of your basic salary, assuming you're staying in the metro cities, okay. And this exemption in tax is always provided, and it's on verification of prescribed supporting documents. Okay, fair enough. So don't forget, and if it's a one lakh and above, you essentially have to also provide certain rent other receipts. The employer can ask for your agreement copy because they just need to understand that you've actually paid the rent. Isn't there also a requirement to submit the PAN details of your? If uh, rent exceeds one, one lakh, lakh, then there's yes, landlord's PAN, PAN is also. Is also this is basically to verify the genuineness of the entire claim. transaction right. yeah, and the claim. Okay. Okay, so we've talked about HRA. Uh, yes. What else is there? Then there are items like leave travel allowance. Again, mm-hmm. a very commonly used exemption by individuals. So if you travel to some place in India, again there are rules around public transport. So it's basically the cost of travel. Mm. Uh, so the employer will call for your travel cost uh, proofs, which could yeah. be if you travel by air, it could be your air tickets, your rail tickets. Mm. If you travel by road, it could be your typical cab or taxi hire charges. Sure. So again, uh, the exemption is claimed once in a block of four years. So if you are you know if you've again declared that you'll be proceeding on leave and you fall within this block then you have to submit the necessary documents, proofs, yes, documents. Proofs. okay the other common ones are your section 80c you which know, i your think savings, everybody knows about exactly right? which everyone knows about which typically has your uh, public provident fund payments mm. if you made anyways you have to deposit a minimum amount of 500 during a year to keep that alive mm. so if you've deposited then those proofs counterfoils of the payments made all your in, typically everything falls within this crowded 80c limit of 1 yeah, lakh yeah so you 50. have the, uh, the pro- public provident fund which a maximum of 1 lakh 50000 every the year the maximum deduction that you can get is 1 lakh 50000 there is also the equity linked savings scheme which Absolutely. is really popular and happens right. to be the most bought mutual fund scheme out there correct um well there is also five year fixed deposits, fixed uh, deposits. we talk, talk about uh, the national pension scheme uh, which is also available under uh, section 80c yeah so if you have a national pension scheme and you have your provident fund ppf as an example and you have your life insurance premiums then your total exemption limit is 2 lakhs so sure. for each of this pension because nps has a separate 50000 exemption as well yeah. uh, but the point is that for the employer to give you that actual deduction and factor it in your tax calculations you again need to submit all these proofs correct but parisa one big point here and a lot of people don't have to bother about this at all uh, especially those that are earning a slightly larger amount of income uh, is the deductions on the employee provident fund right which happens automatically because anyway. that the employer is you, doing you know, is anyway. anyways doing it so as a as a uh, an ongoing process when you're planning your taxes especially that atc component what you have to do is it's already exhausted there so, so you so right. identify suppose you're you're contributing 60000 to 1 lakh rupees every year or to the employee provident fund that is the amount that you have to deduct from 1 lakh 50000 and the rest is what you have to account for Absolutely. and you can choose from the whole laundry list of it's a whole laundry list it's a crowded bundle limit yeah. so your provident fund anyways the employer contributes 12% sure. and you contribute 12% so so the employer is aware of it because sure. the total funds go to the if you have a if you have it with a regulator then it's called as a recognized provident fund yeah. but i'm talking more about the other payments so if mm. you're not really in a high salary tax paying bracket mm. and you have made all those other ancillary items like yeah. you said fixed deposits insurance premiums and the likes mm. then the onus is on you to again substantiate it with actual proofs and the employer will factor that in your calculations there's also and we mentioned uh, that there are several uh, in investments that you can make 
there's also the principal on a home loan that you can add to this right? repayment principal repayment of home loan is also part of this one like yeah. yeah everything is under atc understood and, and so there's nps which i mentioned which is atccd D. over and above the 1.5 lakhs you That's can make great. an additional deduction of 50000 rupees under atccd if you make uh, contributions to the nps what else is there there's health insurance that you can do so health insurance premiums again depending if you've paid it for self you have senior parents and yeah. there are cowed out deductions under atd which are separate sections what's the amount can you it's around 25000 for self plus 50000 and then it depends if it's for senior citizens the amounts go up but the yeah. point again remains is uh, you may have disclosed that at the beginning of the year to the employer and sure. if you actually made the payments then you give those insurance receipts again yeah. along with you know some sort of proof that if you've paid it for parents and they are you know then you will disclose their details as well yes uh but if you have you know again said that you will t- take a policy but haven't found the time to mm. do so then again that's not uh, you know allowed Correct. one must note that sometimes you know the there is an annual salary circular so it's not that the employer can you know take care of all the exemptions while deducting taxes at mm. source so for instance if you made a donation yeah. to a particular fund and yes. it is otherwise eligible under atg but the employer cannot take that while your salary taxes that's what the circular provides. Understood. But is there a limit under ATG? There are special. It depends on the type of fund that you. It's either hundred percent of the amount or subject to a particular portion of the a percentage of the taxable income. Because I've heard a lot of people make the, uh, such donations. They do, but anyways, yeah. those are claimed. Uh, you know, with actual proofs in your individual tax return. Ah. Because timing-wise, the employer is not allowed to factor that. In. Right. Understood. Because okay. there's an annual salary structure which tells the employer what to consider, what not to consider. Understood. All right. So. there's uh, also section 24 if i'm if i'm not mistaken that a lot of people utilize but of course you have to plan it well in in advance yes. right this is yes. the buying of a house if you're buying it on 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 uh, a loan then the interest payments to the extent of 2 lakh rupees per individual that's interest on self occupied property so on, if yeah. you have bought a a uh, house for your own use and you're paying through mortgage then yeah. anyways the 2 lakh is the li- annual limit mm. and uh, again there you would have perhaps disclosed it to your salary or to your employer to offset it against yes. your salary income yeah. uh and you won't really go wrong in these kind of big ticket items because it's capex and capital expenditure yeah. uh so generally when someone says that i have a house on loan then you're anyways paying the loan and the bank is you know Correct. charging you, you that's know. true it's a pretty small limit to be any case be really worried about yes is there anything that uh, that that comes to mind apart from what we mentioned so we've talked about atc atccd we've talked about atd in the form of your uh, health insurance policies uh, we've also talked about uh, your uh, donations which is atg uh, and we've talked about section 24 is there anything else uh, uh not really from an exemption perspective but let's say you know you typically can have some employees who are with more than one employer during a tax year uh-huh. so you could have left jobs in between yes. in the middle of the tax year and joined your prospective employer then as, again at the end of the tax year uh, you need to see you know both as an employee and as an employer that the taxes are correctly calculated yeah. on a proper salary income for the year uh-huh. so if you already claim certain exemptions with your previous employer and you've submitted proof 
proofs there, mm. then the onus is on you to disclose it to your current employer mm. so that they can appropriately calculate the taxes. Uh, one wants to avoid a situation of overpayment of tax or underpayment of tax, yeah. as the case may be. Correct. Because you either land up in a situation of refund, which is not really uh, you know the correct thing to do. Getting money back is a challenge. Nor would you want to land up in a situation of payment of less taxes because that will have its separate share of adverse consequences. So if you've left jobs in the middle of the year, you need to be very careful. Yeah, and and perhaps if you if you're not confident of making the right uh, uh, disclosures or doing the right thing, perhaps take some help when you're filing your taxes or uh, when you're planning your tax investments and de- declarations and all of that. But uh, coming to the point where we were saying that it's not easy if you've not done uh, your investments through the year, it is isn't easy because we're talking about 1.5 say you know some somebody who's made 60000 rupees worth or 50000 rupees worth of contributions to the employee provident fund then that's 1 lakh rupees additional uh, that they need to invest to take advantage of atc 50000 to take advantage of atccd uh, you have additional 25000 rupees for your health insurance and you don't know what so depending on what your monthly salary is that a large amount of money to put yeah, you're leaving unnecessary money on the table exactly. and then, you know, uh, uh, the taxes will be deducted then at full rates if you've not done so, it. So having said that, what can you do, uh, you know, in the last week of, of January and perhaps in the last month of the year? Uh, to save those taxes. Subject to your cash flow issue, you're literally landing up investing then in the last three months. So you're clamoring in a hurry. You might want to, you might be unnecessarily taking some investment or uh, particular expenses, which is, you know, really not at times tax effective because you're doing it in a hurry. Mm. That's one. Second is you manage, uh, you need to manage your finances all in one go instead of actually spreading it over the period of 12 months when you had the opportunity. And third is your employer as a corporate organization may have a philosophy or a policy that they will not look at any proofs till Mm. a particular cutoff date because they cannot keep waiting till March, right? Fair enough. So which leaves you with a situation then of doing up your own calculations and you need to wait till July if you're an individual taxpayer to file your return and then go about claiming those exemptions. You know, I've had this conversation, Parizad, with a few financial experts, uh, certified financial planners, and they've actually pointed out that a number of people have actually borrowed money in order to make tax-saving investments. And they say that's the worst thing that you can possibly do. Absolutely. It makes no sense because, you know, uh, you have a period of 12 months sufficiently yeah. to plan out your affairs. And anyways, you're earning monthly income. So, yeah. uh, you know, the prudent mindset of an Indian also tells you to make those necessary savings. Absolutely. So with that having been said, uh, there's also uh, another aspect uh, that we were talking about just before we started this conversation was apart from the fact that you can still uh, save tax at the end of the year, though you should have done it over the course of the year. Um, there is also the other aspect of, uh, you know, ensuring that you've done the right thing in terms of the returns that you've filed in the uh, current assessment year, right? That's correct. So, you know, uh, so uh, 31st March 2020 also happens to be the date or the last date where let's assume you have, you know, forgotten to file your tax returns of the last year, which is for the year ended 31st March 2019. Uh, The government gives you a one year time window to file those returns Mm. mandatorily. So your time lapses on 31st March 2020. So that's also an important date coming up. March is important for a host of things. Uh, Or let's assume that, you know, you filed your tax return last 
last year for the year ended March 19 but you subsequently discover some mistake or some error and you need to correct those claims yeah. in yeah. your so then you have to file a revised return for which again the one year time period window and it's pretty less uh, is 31st March 2020 after which there is no excuse for you to go back to the government exchequer and say look i forgot my last year's return or look my last year's return i know it's wrong but i did nothing about mm. it you wouldn't want to take those chances all right so but parizad we're about a week away from the presentation of the budget as we speak uh, right now and a lot of people are wondering what the finance minister has in that briefcase or not necessarily the briefcase i think she changed it around right but in in her documents and in her speech they're wondering whether or not there's going to be anything for the individual taxpayer after the corporate rate tax there was a clamor for something to be done for the individual taxpayer as well what are you hearing in terms of what could possibly be uh, included in that document well so as you rightly said you know the uh, the supply side so the corporate uh, sector actually got a bonanza in the form of a corporate tax cut which yeah. was pretty significant and in an economy which is otherwise faced with some a fair amount of domestic and international challenges uh, the common man or the individual taxpayer does have soaring expectations from a personal tax perspective mm. uh, they want to be reminded that the government has hopefully not forgotten about them yeah. uh of course you know the wish list is uh, is multiple and there is plethora of personal tax aspirations but uh, with due respect the government also has to do the tight rope balancing between managing the resources that they have available at their disposal mm. but the commonly wished items are of course you know everyone hopes that the slabs and the exemption limits uh, be uh, uh, go up so in the sense that people up to 5 lakhs by way of a rebate as you just discussed there is no tax payable one hopes that those limits go up. up yeah. in any case yeah. uh from 2014 there has been very minor tinkering of these Correct. slabs that we spoke about uh this government has a stated intention of widening the tax base mm. and increasing the number of individual taxpayers so one hopes that at least more reliefs are doled out to the uh, to the aam aadmi by way of rebate mechanisms okay. basically to increase my net disposable income that's sure. one hugely common wish list the other is of course you know this atc we keep talking about it every year crowded limit it's it's less 150000 mm. annually for a host of items mm. as you mentioned at least carve out separate limits for say education yeah. considering the you know the spiraling cost of education for children or for repayment of home loans have that principle being uh, carved out separately mm. so items like this is what the generally an individual taxpayer is hoping for all with the intention of having more disposable income well hopefully this conversation parizad uh, has helped a lot of our listeners out there and uh, thank you so much for joining me most welcome let's wait and see what the final uh, print uh, unveils in a few days yeah, thank we'll you we know soon enough All right dear listener I hope that this conversation helped you out and uh, well if you haven't made your tax saving investments over the course of the year you can still do some of them but perhaps a better idea would be to get a head start for the next financial year so make sure you have a good plan in place in March itself so that you can put it into practice starting April it's been an absolute pleasure as usual speaking to you on BQ big decisions for all the other episodes in this series you can look it up like i said on the website bloomberqueen.com or any one of the podcast applications out there including soundcloud thank you so much for listening in this is alex matthew signing off have a great weekend 
If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa hosted by Anupam Gupta, Advertising is Dead hosted by Varun Dugirala, the Ronnie Screwwala podcast hosted by Ronnie Screwwala, or Cyrus Says hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Are you constantly seeking happiness? Wondering how to make the most of every day? How not to let your inhibitions stop you from achieving your goals? It's now time to get your A game on. It's time to unlock your true potential. Tune in to the empowering series with me Zarina Poonawala to feel empowered in all genres of life. From behavioral skills to management skills, from health to relationships, from mental well-being to emotional well-being and of course your finances i've got you covered with these tips and tricks from me zarina and true life stories from my amazing guests you're bound to bring your purest to the table tune in to the empowering series with zarina punawala every thursday on the ivm podcast app website or wherever you listen to podcasts look up in the internet it's a meme No, it's a cat video. No, it's the Geek Fruit podcast. That's right. We interrupt this riveting broadcast to tell you about our show, The Geek Fruit Podcast, where Tejas Dinkar and I, Jishnu, talk about everything in pop culture including DC, Marvel, Star Wars, Netflix and everything in between. You know how your friends hate it when you ramble about some nerdy crap and you just want somebody to listen to you? Well, sorry, there's nothing we can do about that, but come listen to us ramble and it'll almost be like the real thing. Kind of. Listen to new episodes of the Geek Fruit podcast every Monday and the Geek Fruit Bulletin every Thursday on iTunes, Google Podcasts, the IVM app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy listening, you nerds!